Welcome to Out Off Topic. We're back. Yes, we're back. And couple we're, week, couple week break there. And we're back in studio. Yeah, first time in a while. A rare studio appearance. I feel like the last time we were in the studio was also after a break. It, it usually is now because you've traveled here and yeah. usually had stuff to do. Yeah, we had a bunch of car stuff going on, so we need to do car things to talk about car things. So I guess this makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, but if we don't take time off, we don't have content. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Especially this time of year. It's like heavy car time here in New England. So anyway, yeah, you're back in New England. Uh, been from for a couple weeks now. Yep. Came into town for the New England Forest Rally and the Climb to the Clouds and a couple personal things as well. So yeah, well, it all timed out pretty well for the same month of time and uh for the next two weeks i have the opportunity to work from home so i'll take it and uh work from home from old home so. yeah we gotta remember i remember what to talk about here i covered a lot of ground well i'm trying to remember the last time what we talked about the last time we were on air it's like i said it's been a while but i know we haven't talked about anything i've done since i've been here so no so we might as well uh let's go back to the Rusty, Rustard, Colt. Start with the project cars? Yeah. So while I'm here, if you remember back in May, last time I was here for a short period of time, we tried to get the car started and the engine was seized. Oh, yeah. So I went full nuclear and pulled the engine apart because I wasn't going to give up. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to last night and the car started. Yeah. And th- things happened in between. So when I left in May, um, we had freed the engine up with liberal use of rust penetrant and transmission fluid and a hammer and some wood. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was putting the car back together, I wanted to put the head on it, but I couldn't find a head gasket. Nobody local had any access to a head gasket. Even like Amazon and RockAuto.com and all the normal sources no didn't one have a head gasket. In the country, had a head gasket for a seventy-five Colt, seventy-four, seventy-four. Not no one in the country. No one in the country through normal means. Yeah. So I found one on eBay, and then I found another one on eBay, and then I found an entire upper end gasket set on eBay. So I bought all three. Yep. So if anybody has a Mitsubishi from the mid-70s with a G52A, that is a 2.0 four-cylinder pre-ballot shaft, um, you want a head gasket? $5,000. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would... Uh, you criminal. I would sell it for what I paid for it. I think I paid like 10 or $12 a piece for them, so... Oh, don't give away your secrets. I tell you, it is what it is. I just want to make sure that they didn't wind up being tossed in the trash. Because I'm sure uh, that... the first step to car hoarding. Yes. Well, if you want to hoard weird things... These are have... my parts. Don't touch them. I'll get to them someday. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here in your basement, and I'm surrounded <laughs> by all kinds of things that I could say the same thing about you for. I don't get my model kits. I'll right. get to them someday. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, so I bought the entire eBay stock at the time of head gaskets for 2.0 pre, I think, 78, 2-liter Mitsubishi four-cylinders. There can't so, be many left. And chances are pretty good I'm going to wind up with another one at some point. So I might as well buy the parts, right? Mm. 
<laughs> I guess. I have all these dumb things, and I'm not stopping buying these dumb things, it seems. So when they come available, I buy them. But anyway, so I had to leave without putting the car back together, which was frustrating. But at the same time, I didn't have much time left anyway. I probably wouldn't have been able to put it together to the point to make it run. So it didn't really matter that much. I had all the parts shipped here to Massachusetts in May. And then I went back home and lived a normal life for a while. And now I'm here again. So it was time to pull it out. So pulled it off the hill. Pulled the cylinder head off of it because we had put the cylinder head back on it just with the old head gasket not torqued down. And filled it full of fluid film so it would not rust again. Successful. It did not rust again. That's mm. good. Didn't think it would in a short period of time, but you never know. It rained a lot here. Yeah, it always rains a lot here. I think it's raining right now here. Um, so I pulled it apart. Kind of assessed everything that was going on. Made sure I had all the parts I needed. Thought I did. And started working on it. I don't have the most amount of time to work on it while I'm here. Because... Working from home in Massachusetts, but working for a Phoenix-based company, means that my hours of employment are Phoenix hours. So at minimum, I'm working like 11 a.m. until 7.30 p.m., usually closer to 8, and usually starting closer to 10. So it winds up being not much time in the morning and then not much time at night to actually do anything else. So the entire time I've been here, I haven't like done anything but work on the car and work. Other than the planned things, which we'll get to, the forest rally and, and whatnot. Um, just because it's it takes the whole day to do that. So, Car is mostly together. There weren't a lot of hiccups. It kind of went pretty smooth. I don't have a lot of good maintenance or good repair stories. I mean, everything just kind of worked. Head went on the car fairly easily. I replaced all the fuel lines. There's a complicated check valve system, you know, 1974 emissions that had four individual lines coming off of it of various sizes. So I replaced all of those. Um, I had taken the radiator out of it in order to have access to everything when we took it apart. So I had to replace the transmission cooling lines. So it's got new transmission cooling lines. Pretty much everything I touched was, that's not like part of the car was replaced. Anything maintenance-wise was replaced. So hoses, fluids, obviously. We didn't have any spark. We went to start it. Oh, that's right, too. It didn't have any spark. Mm. So that was also to the fact that this car sat for a long period of time. And all it was was corrosion on the points. Yes, this car has points. But it's 1974, so that makes sense. Um, I am going to replace them with a Petronics. I just didn't want to buy it until we knew for a fact the motor was going to be good. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like 100 bucks plus the coil. So that's a good upgrade for anybody who runs a car with old points set up. It makes it kind of... it's You don't have to maintain them. They just work. It runs more efficiently. It starts easier. They're just really good. So we can thank your dad for that one because he's an ignition wizard. Um, and he must have seen the bat signal go up because he appeared right about when we were having issues. So he was able to go through that and follow all the different leads and follow all the different lines and figure out exactly where the problem lay. So we checked, made sure the coil was good, made sure the resistor was good, made sure everything was getting power, everything seemed good, and wound up taking a file to the points, and then we had Spark. So mm. excellent stuff. 
Um, yeah, the car just, it started right up pouring some fuel down the carburetor. It's not running great by pouring fuel down the carburetor because, I mean, we're basically drowning it. <laughs> and cars don't run on a puddle of fuel. They run on a mist of fuel. Yeah. So when you just pour fuel down the carburetor, it doesn't run quite the way it should. The issue we're dealing with now and what tomorrow's plan is, is to find out why there's no fuel getting from the tank to the engine. So I went to siphon the fuel out of the tank and there was no fuel in the tank. So it was bone dry, which means that who knows what could have gotten up in there, spiders and whatever. And they could have built all kinds of spider nests in the lines and be plugged up. Maybe it's plugged up or maybe it's the fuel pump. So we were talking about it earlier and you recommended running some compressed air from the line under the hood back into the tank, mm-hmm. which is one thing I'll do. Uh, and the other thing I'll do is take the fuel line off of the filter and just dunk it in a like a bowl or a, a cup of fuel and crank the car over and see if it actually sucks fuel out of that into the filter because those mechanical fuel pumps, they have a you know rubber diaphragm inside of them. And this thing, again, has sat dry for... Last inspection sticker is 1995. Oh. So it sat dry for a long time. You know, we were both in high school then, I think. Or almost in high school. I was in high school then. You were a couple years behind. I was in middle school. Yeah. So it was a long time ago. Now, (laughs) I was in high school then, and I'm 40 now. So it was definitely, it wasn't a minute ago that car was last driven. So, But also it's weird because the car was... 20 years old at that point, only on 10,000 miles. Yeah, the car's only gone 10,000 miles still to this day. You know, other than on the back of a transport truck. Yeah. So it's basically a brand new car that's just a piece of garbage because it was not taken care of. What really sucks about the whole story, and I think I brought it up a long time ago on the podcast, maybe. I don't remember. When I first got the car, so you had to go way back. I think the car predates the podcast, actually. I think it does, too. Yeah, it was. You probably talked about it. It was in a garage, and the guy put it outside yeah, the, for 10 years. The guy bought a house, and the car was in the garage, and it was mint and still had seat covers on it, like the factory plastic seat covers. It had blue plastic on the door sills, and he decided just to roll it out of the garage and park it under an oak tree for a decade plus, two decades, 95 to 2000. Well, actually, not in 95. He bought the house in like 2005 or 2006. And it was parked outside under a tree to like 2015 when I got it. So, yeah. And he started to take it apart to part it out, which is annoying. But all the parts are still there, thankfully. <laughs> so, yeah, the only hiccup I really ran into was a radiator petcock. It's a very strange size. Between the two of us, we have more than enough Mitsubishis with radiators and spare radiators lying around. And assumed we'd have a petcock that fit, but it's smaller than all of the ones that our other cars have. Even the 78 radiator that I have and the 77 radiator that I have in the trunk hmm. have a larger drain plug in them. So that's annoying. I need to figure that out right now. I just have a, a screw in there that plugs the hole, but it's not what I want to leave there forever. So when I fill it with coolant, I'll probably just fill it with water right now because I'm going to have to drain it. When I get the correct size petcock for it, so. But yeah, it's it's pretty close to running. Like it it runs on like I said that fuel, and I could feather the throttle and have somebody else squirt fuel in the carburetor, and I could keep it running for, you know, a few minutes. So, hmm. it's uh, use case is there. It's it's definitely working. 
Um, I went through everything else in the car, all the electrics, the lights all work, the radio, the blower motor, everything works like a 10,000 mile car should. There's no other issues. So it's just has a sun-baked interior and sun-baked paint and everything else seems fine. A little bit of body work to do here and there. Some, it, the previous owner who also put it outside every 10 years also backed his Jeep into the right quarter panel. So that's why the right quarter panel is pushed in a little bit. Hmm. So he obviously, it's strange somebody would buy a house with a car in the garage that was mint and just put it outside and forget about it for a decade. Or just not sell it at the time. Right. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. But I don't know. I have pictures of the car at his yard and, and for time, for a time period, one of the windows was down. So the entire inside of the car is, was full of leaves when I got it too, which is weird. Hmm. And I have pictures of it. In front of the house from Google Street View in like 2005 when he bought the house. Hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, it's it's running now, kind of. Just once you figure out fuel delivery, the rest of it, we put it up on your dad's lift. There's one more fuel line that I couldn't quite get to to replace without putting it up in the lift. I, I could, but it would be easier to just put it in the lift. So I'll replace that last fuel line and go through brake lines, make sure everything is not dry, rotted, and junk. See if it needs brakes. Check the brake fluid, and uh, see if we can run it up and down the street a few times and get some plates on it. It'll be exciting to drive it. That's for sure. All right. Uh, one thing I can talk about real quick was the headlight buckets. Oh yeah. I don't know if you saw those before. You saw a picture of them before, probably. They like they come out of the Titanic. They're really rusty. So short version of a long story: somebody left them in a bucket under the porch in my old house when they were cleaning out the basement. I didn't know they were there. So they sat in a bucket under the porch for maybe three years. And that bucket, obviously, in New England, filled up with water because there was no lid on it. Yeah. And it just stayed full of water for a long time. So they were very rusty. Um, bought a gallon of Evapo Rust, and I would highly recommend that to anybody working on anything old and rusty, whether it be parts or tools or anything, because it... In less than four hours, cleaned most of the rust off. I don't understand how it works. It's non-toxic. Yeah, how is that like, possible? Like, you can touch it with your bare hands. It doesn't make any sense. You can get it in your... It says not to drink it, but also says, like, if you do drink it, it's, you're not going to die. It's fine. I like your dad's theory. It's just flat Coca-Cola. Just flat Coca-Cola, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it works better than Coca-Cola for sure. It does a really good job, and then... We just actually, my father actually helped out a lot with that because I was doing the mechanical stuff, and he was uh, looking to help out with something on the car, so he helped out with that. And he painted them up black, and they put them in the car, and they look like brand new now. So weird. I, I'm very excited. Let's put it that way. The mm-hmm. car is closer to running than it's ever been in my entire ownership, which yeah. has been since 2015. So much like a lot of things in my life at that time, it took a long time to get to it, but here we are now and I'm getting to it and we'll have another runner pretty soon. Cool. And I'm excited. Excited to use it, excited to drive it. It's a really neat little car. It's totally different than the 78 Colt because it's a Gallant based, whereas the 78 Colt is a Lancer based. So it's like a mid-70s Mitsubishi Gallant versus a mid-70s Mitsubishi Lancer. So Sure. Listen, jerk. We have two Infinities in your yard. I do. Yeah. I do. And you have a Gallant and an Eclipse, which are the same car. Or Talon, excuse me. They're not the same car. It's the same car. 
No. Don't make fun of me for liking cars. <laughs> if I didn't like cars, we wouldn't have a podcast, <laughs> and nobody could hear our voices, and life would be better for everybody. That's besides the point. Have you done any car-related things, Andrew? Oh, yes. Um, so, I was supposed to do a track day on the 29th at Thompson. Yep. Track day in America. But, um, you know, with a young kid, we had all the daycare diseases yeah, for you the guys, week leading up to it. And you guys that had week, everything except for COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we had a pretty miserable two weeks uh, as far as, like, little kid diseases. So I couldn't go to that, and it was the same week as NEFR. We'll get to that. So luckily, right now, because of COVID, SCCA has a really smooth policy with that. They just gave me a credit for the and, event. Okay, they definitely did not used to do that. No. You just have to like, sell your spot to somebody. That yeah. was the only way to get rid of it. No, because they don't want people sick showing up to their events. And then that, you know... Say what you will about COVID being, you know, a bad thing, but the one good thing about it is it's made people more aware of um, personal hygiene and not showing up places sick. Yeah. So it's nice. That part's nice. COVID's not nice, obviously, but that part's nice. So anyway, uh, I was able to move that to, there's one in Thompson on August 31st. Oh, I thought the one you did at NHMS was the... I had already registered for the one at NHMS okay. on the 5th. Um. And then some other ones opened up, as, and they've been filling up pretty fast. So there's one uh, I had registered for at Lime Rock on the 21st or 22nd. They're doing two two days in a row because it was so popular. That's uh, super cool. I, uh, driving on Lime Rock would be fun. Yeah, and then the last one of the season for New England here is October 5th at Thompson. So okay. signed up for that one. Um, I'll still be here on the 21st. Maybe I should come down with you. September 21st? Oh, nope. October 20, uh, August 21st. Never mind. Nope. Nope. Um, so anyway, I had to get the Gallant ready for that. So I, um, bled the brakes with Motul because I already done pads and rotors, like nice pads and rotors, like a few okay. years ago. Not that long ago. And I don't drive the car that much, so yeah. they weren't worn out. A few years, but not many miles. No, like... Probably less than 5,000 miles in the last, like, two years. Right. Um, so it's got, uh, I believe it's Hawks in the front, like, probably HPSs. And then Hawk doesn't make rears, unfortunately, for the car. So it's whatever. It's, like, the best power stops that you can get, which are, like, some ceramics. Sure. And uh, Motul 600 is, like, basically the standard for brake fluid because yeah, you can't get the blue stuff anymore so no you can't get at super blue anymore uh so i did that i also did the clutch because the clutch was it was looking kind of dark but it was also blue because at the time i believe i had at blue when i put that car together so i had flushed it originally with blue stuff so you did have blue originally in 2010 yeah. so that's the last time i really flushed the brakes so but again since 2010 how many miles have you done oh quite a few oh, okay it's almost thirty thousand miles on that car um, so it probably should have been done sooner, but it's done now. I had done brakes, but, and calipers, but not really flush fluid. Uh, it was time for, um, gear oil. Cause I hadn't done that in a while, in a couple of years. So the new hut stuff is, uh, it used to be synchro mesh. Yeah. Pennzoil synchro mesh is what we used to use. Yeah. RBG synchro mesh, but, um, MT90 works really well. It's like the newer oil, and it's got all the right stuff in it for the brass synchro rings. Okay. 
and um, the uh, then I used um, I didn't have annoyingly nobody sells Redline locally, so I couldn't get like seventy five ninety for the transfer case, and I ordered the wrong Redline for it online, so. I don't know why I ordered like the heavy duty shockproof. Like that wasn't the right stuff. I was like, that stuff. So you haven't done the transfer case yet? No, I did the transfer case. So I ended oh. up just going to the store and getting like Valvoline seventy five ninety. Okay, which is probably fine. It is fine. It's the same, uh, pretty much. And it's I, probably uh, still better than what ran in the car originally. So. And I used, um, I went on Amazon and fluid transfer pumps. Mm-hmm. This company called Slip Repeat, and they make. Is a, that a new TV show on Amazon? Yes, it is. Okay. They make <laughs> one that fits the gallon jugs of mt90 and they make ones that fit quart bottles and they're like less than 15 bucks a piece okay so i bought two of those because supposedly everybody raves about them i was like let me try them out they do work really well like it didn't leak and spurt oil everywhere gear oil has always been the worst task in a car it also they have like enough movement in each pump like it doesn't take forever yeah that was the other problem everything we found that worked like i remember (laughs) Your dad had this like comically small oil can that you used to put a couple of quarts in. Not a couple it was of quarts. Like a, tin like, man like oil a quarter can. of a quart and you could pump it, but it took like a hundred thousand pumps to get rid of that pint of No. The only fluid. problem I had with the, the gallon one was that it completely filled the hole, the fill hole for on the DSM transmission. Okay. And so you couldn't see when it was full. Yeah, and I was pumping it, and I was like, I think this is full. I put a lot in there, and I pulled it out, and it was like, whoosh. Like an oil it, change. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. So I, I let it run for like a minute till it was just a, a solid, small dribble. Yep. Because I overfilled it a little bit and then plugged it up. So we need to get like a no, you, tiny you, little funnel. You just gotta t- <laughs> No, you just take it out every couple of pumps. couple of pumps, and just to make sure when you're getting close. Um, so anyway, I did that, the transfer case with the quart one. Uh, it doesn't fit redline quartz because they have the tapered neck, but it sat in it enough, and it worked to work. Okay. Um, it also worked. I, I also tried the Valvoline is notable because it was the bag, the the Capri oh, Sun bag, the Capri of, Sun bag. Yeah. Um, I did not like it. It I try I put it up there and went to squeeze it in, and it just like was not going into the transfer case. It was just coming straight back out. Like, it was just too powerful of a squirt. So it was literally like a Capri Sun. Yeah. Like if you squeeze a Capri Sun, it doesn't go in your mouth. It goes all over your face and your shirt. Yeah. yeah. So not impressed with that, but the pump does screw onto the cap. So you can use it for that too then. So I pumped it out of the bag. Excellent. Could you use this pump pretty much for anything if you just had somebody else holding the container it was in? Or a, or a high enough shelf to put it on? Probably. Okay, just as long, as long as the feed tube is in the liquid. Yeah, and you just need to to hold it so it doesn't push into whatever container you're. Right, that's what I mean. You have somebody um, else to kind of hold things. Uh, and then I went to the dealer and bought, uh, which it's not called Diaqueen LSD oil anymore. It's just 90 weight LSD oil. Okay. So. It's still Mitsubishi branded? Yeah. I wonder who makes that. I don't know, but it's the best stuff for the L- the LSDs in a Mitsubishi. Yeah, because they used to be branded Mitsubishi Diaqueen, like you said, but it never said who built it or who, who, who built it, who made it. It was just kind of a Mitsubishi says use this, so you use this. It's a, it's honestly the best stuff. Yep. And when you start going through forums where people have like sent it to like Blackstone Labs and stuff, it's like legit good oil for diffs, right. for Mitsubishi diffs. So and other diffs probably do. So threw that in there. Um, 
car was good to go. I uh, did a couple double checks on ECM Link, and uh, it's it's running like ten degrees too warm. Okay, I think around town. So I'm I'm pretty sure. So I ordered some uh, Kydex sheets, which is like thin plastic, like textured black plastic. Okay. People use them to make like uh, those molded plastic holsters for guns. They'll they'll make their own. You'll put it in the oven, and then you'll drape it over your gun, and you can make one of those holsters that like sticks close to your body. I've never like heard concealed of concealed carry. Yeah. Or um, people do knife sheaths with it, but you can use it for all sorts of projects. You can sure. you could make a, a switch panel on a dash f- with it. Okay. I, I've never heard of this particular product. Um, so it's very easily formed with heat, um, like a heat gun, not like, or an oven, like that kind of high heat. Like but anyways, 500 degrees. Yeah. So <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty thin and light. So this car is missing all the air guides because the previous owner, I don't know, take them out. Track car. Um, and the intercooler kind of sits in front of the condenser and the radiator. And there's kind of a gap there. And you know, you the air doesn't get to the radiator until third. Yeah, so it's it might be hitting the it might be going through the intercooler and then just stalling out and then going around. Yep. So basically, what I'm going to do with this Kydex is just build a lower plate to go under the intercooler and then some side plates, just help. like the factory style. Just like the factory style to help force the air through the radiator and not around the radiator. Okay. And with the data logger, the ECM link, you should be able to tell that. Because at speed it's like 206, it should be under 200 at. Because I was doing, I was using the data log on the track, and you know you're doing 70 miles an hour, and the thing's 206, 210, like not at full wide open throttle. Like it should be. Yeah, it should be cooler. Should be a lot cooler. It should be dropping like 10 degrees. Well, also if you remember the car overheated a few years ago. That was a bad fan. Okay. The fan wasn't strong enough. So that's the other thing. It does have a uh, cheap. It was a Chinese copy of the original fan, and it might not be flowing well enough. But the other thing is, too, if the fan switch, I was talking to our other listener, Kevin Bates, about this, because he was helps me with the, the tuning on it. If, um, it. if it triggers to come on at a certain temp, but it doesn't have a switch to shut the fan off at speed, which modern cars have. Mm-hmm. A spinning fan at speed does not help with airflow either. It will block airflow. Because it becomes almost a wall at yeah. that point. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So if it's triggering to, to turn on the fan and then you start going at speed, but it's never actually getting cool enough to shut the fan off, it's also not helping it. It's not so, helping. It's heat soaking itself at that point. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the air guides because it's the cheapest way sure. to try to solve this problem. Uh and it's really only like 10 degrees you need to pull out of it. And hopefully it's just that. If not, I have... You should take the hood off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I have um, the original shroud with the bad fan. And I was looking into aftermarket spall fans that will I can mount to the factory shroud. You can modify the original shroud if need be. Yeah, because the they don't come too. with any shroud. And the, yeah. the shroud definitely helps. But... I'll get there if it doesn't work. Right. Hopefully this works. Yeah. So we'll, we'll start with that. Um, otherwise, the car ran great. It's super fun. Surprisingly, with I've got Yoko S drives on there from 14. Mm-hmm. Still very sticky. Yeah, they're not the world's stickiest tire, 
but for a good all rounder, like not all rounder. They're not, not two hundred treadwear, but they're three hundred. Yep. Um, they had plenty of tread on them, so I'll rotate them before the next one because they're definitely blistered. But again, this also goes to the whole thing, like you know, the gear oil you put in there is better than what was in the car from the factory, and these S drives are better than whatever came on the car in nineteen ninety one. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, super fun and. I was hoping to get the coilovers on it before because I ordered them four weeks, more than four weeks ago, and they told me it would be about four weeks mm-hmm. to get them in. I had actually ordered them at the time. I think it was like five weeks uh, from Feel, and apparently they have – because Feel sources their stuff from overseas, but then they build them in California, and like six weeks had gone by, so I sent an email just to check in. Like, oh, sorry, we had trouble with the aluminum supplier – your stuff's at the machine shop. Which is honestly not a surprise. No, it's not a surprise at all. Yeah. Right. Um, all suppliers are weird right Within now. like four days of that email, they I got the UPS tracking. So, And I got them. Nice. And they're, this, they're the same design as what's in the, the town, the fields, but they're instead I got the Max Travel 6K, 6K, which I think the towns are like 8K, 8K. So it'll be a softer. A little softer. Um and a little more travel, so I guess they can't go as low, but they'll still go, you know. No stance points. Yeah, they'll still go pretty low. Yeah. Um, front camber plates, swift springs. Uh, All the upgrades. I mean, the town ride's really nice. Yep. Uh, so these should work really well for occasional track days and mostly driving the car on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just got to throw those in. Shouldn't take too long. No, it's not the first time you've done it now. It's no. It's the same setup as the, as the uh, Talon. So. multiple times. But the, um, I ran it on the H&Rs and the EGXs. I, I don't think they're blown out. It it felt pretty good most places. On the downhills, because the EGXs have a bit of a rake to the front, it definitely felt a little light in the back. Like there's a little too much squat in the nose. Okay. They're probably softer springs too. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I, I would kind of go easy in the downhill braking. Not going to is too hot because I didn't want to do break, an endo. Yeah, break well, break the <laughs> rear tires loose and spin around. So yeah, no, you don't want to unload the rear in a weird turn like that for sure. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, get into the track night in America. It's pretty fun. You show up at like three o'clock in the afternoon. So especially nowadays, um, when you can work from home, you don't really kill your whole day. You do a lot of work in the morning and then yep i think it's why they designed them like this specifically during the week so that people with you know children and families don't lose their whole weekend to do a track day yeah and um they're not time there's no timing at all they've got uh novice intermediate and advanced um groups mm-hmm. there's no instructors that ride in the car so also like this was even before covid so it's also like it's kind of like socially distanced built into it because you're just right. in your own car um they just watch you during the thing and give you tips or sure. black flags yeah there's there's flaggers so that's the other thing if you wanted to volunteer to learn how to flag you could do that and then run the event with a discount okay that's cool um and then so i hadn't done a track day the only one I'd ever done was at NHMS in, in 2008. Your, in your SDI. In my SDI. A very long time ago. And it was Solo 1, they called it at the time. Right. Um, which I have the book somewhere, the sign-off book, which was kind of cool. Um, 
because they had a stack of them when I got there. I was like, oh, I have one of those books. I should have brought it. I don't know why he had them, but maybe it's for the advanced guys. Yeah. I don't know. What is that? To show your experience? Yeah. Okay. It's like a log book. They'll literally, they'll literally sign you off for experience on track. Because okay. if you wanted to go for a, an SCCA license. Cool. For like a, like, spec me out or something. So, anyway, you, uh, you show up, you sign your forms, you bring your current helmet. Um, Which is what, 2015 still? They had a whole list. I think 10s. Oh, no, actually... 2000s on the list are good till like December of this year. Okay. So they're almost 20 years worth of, well, they're over 20 years. Yeah. That's oh. kind of crazy, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, they're, so, they're like at the very end, but mine's at, mine's a 15 because I bought it in 17 as a, a leftover yep. for cheaper. So, but that, so that'll be good for a while. Yeah. It's plenty of time. Um, as long as you don't damage them or leave them out in the sun too long or something, but they're, yeah, so anyway, then they do, like, pace laps. So they'll break you out, show you the line. And I was like, oh, I kind of remember the line. Um, give you some, like, talking. Just talk about, like, point buys. You know, like, we're not ra- – like, this isn't a race. Like, everybody's on the same team here. You can't win. You can only lose. Yeah, exactly. Um, drive at your pace. Because just – let there's there was, like, four passing zones. Like, it's clearly marked. Like, just watch your mirrors. Somebody comes up behind you. Get out of the way. Well, you got to wait till the passing zone. Right. And the person behind you has got to be patient, too, to wait for the passing zone. Like, right. Which one guy kind of ticked me off because we were, like, uh, like, like pretty far from, like, any passing zone. He's, like, flashing his beams at me. I'm, like, I, I see you, bro. Like, yeah. relax. He's also, like, the novice group here. Like, yep, which is why he was doing it. Because he's novice and he hasn't been told how to do things properly yet. So... Yeah, I mean, I was pointing by most people because I just didn't want to go as fast. <laughs> just hadn't done it in a while. Right. Yeah, you got to get comfortable. Nothing, nothing could be worse than trying to have an enjoyable night and wrecking your car. Yeah, so. it, I just want to go out and just do some laps because you literally, like, it's a lot to, to string together, like, two laps. Like, yeah. it's a two-mile track. You get pretty tired, and you're like, all right, that's cool. Now I want to do a lap where I'm, like, like seven-tenths yep. instead of, like, eight-tenths or nine-tenths. Um, but you know, then, but there's always people that show up and that's the only problem is that the Glant is modern enough to keep up with most traffic, but on a track, like now you've got, there's people that show up in Porsches yeah, or like a Cayman and, or the C6, C7 Corvettes. Sure. 450 horsepower factory New cars. Mustangs. Yeah. They're so insanely fast and so well built yep. that, and they're in the novice group. You're like, oh, okay, I'm just... Let me get to the straight here. I'll let you buy. Like, I'm, just... I'm, I'm basically a cone at this point for yeah. this guy. Yeah. I'll just let you go. All right. Yeah. They, they should have like a low horsepower track mates. Like, yeah. I don't know. Under how... 200 horsepower track mates. I'm curious mates. to look up now. I have some coworkers that do mass tuning ones. I'm curious to see how they break those up if they put slower cars together. Cause... So I've heard things about the mass tuning ones. And mass tuning for what it is is a Facebook group for those who are not from here. Yeah. Um, it's a locally based Facebook group for. The guy started doing meets and then he actually started doing like professional stuff. Like supposedly the track days are pretty good. Yeah. The meets deteriorated very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say is that the track days actually have a pretty good rep of not being bad. They're very well run. Because so... it, it weeds out all the, the jokesters. Yeah. Unlike the meets. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we tried, 
when he first started doing it, the meets were pretty legit. There were some good like car gatherings until it got too popular, which is the same story everywhere, I guess. Things get too popular and too many meatheads show up and next thing you know, you're getting thrown out of everywhere you go. So But yeah, so supposedly the track day things are still good. I don't know if I even belong to that group anymore. I'm not. I gotta I look think it I up. might have left it. I think you can just <laughs> you can just go on Instagram. It's like mass tuning track fest or something. Oh, they're on Instagram there. now too? Because they were so, on yeah. Facebook before, but um that makes sense. I know a couple people that we know collect- have done collectively it. that have done yeah. it. So I gotta I gotta look into it some more. But yeah, because I wanna do when I do Lime Rock, I'm going to use the G20. Sure. Because it's a lot slower. Because the track is much faster, so you want to have a slower car. I mean, maybe it's not as much faster, but the track's maybe a little more intimidating than an HMS. It's definitely more intimidating. Probably because, you know, I don't know why it'd be more intimidating. Other, I don't know. Other than the fact that, like, that's the track that we drive in Forza all the time. Yeah, I don't know. Which, as I told you, if your, your G20 would probably be, what, a D-class car? If it would, if it did like a one fifteen to one ten, that'd be like really good. So you have a D class car basically, which yeah. in Forza we're running like one oh four to one oh eight. So if you don't run a one oh four on this untimed event, yeah, then podcast over. <laughs> um, yeah, don't time it, please. <laughs> no, that's how. Um, that's how you get away with it on your insurance too, because they're not timed events. They're not timed events. Yep, you're just um, driving aimlessly around it predetermined just an open lack it's yeah i mean what else what else do you want to use your car for is that is exactly what i like i had some really long rips in the galant i'm not worried about getting, getting pulled over pulled over or, or a child running out in front of you yeah or like, deer i on the front nascar straight i was just about hitting 95 miles an hour going in fourth gear before i had to brake yeah it's pretty quick that's really fun yeah i don't think that did your sti break 100 there no, it would just, just touch the top of the rev limit in third and okay. almost hit 100. So if the rev limit wasn't there, you probably would have hit 100 if I had in, shifted, in the SDI. But yeah. that was the, in the SDI, you could, you could run that track in third. Actually, in the, in the Glant, you could mostly run it in third. It okay. would, if you didn't go full throttle on the straight, you could run it all in third, which makes a lot of sense. If you're just out to like have fun and learn the line, like just... Yeah, you learn the line. You're not you're not there to win a race, so you're not going to break your car. You're going to money shift it. Yeah, you're not going to just bang gears the whole time. A couple times, you're like, all right, time. I want to try a, a, heel, a heel toe, and you'd, you'd go into a slower corner, you'd heel toe third to second. You're like, sure. all right, that sounds really cool, and it feels cool. Yep. Just get to the, the feeling. like. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's you know what they say, a controlled environment. Bring it to a controlled environment. It's it's neat that it's out there and it's an option. You don't have to drive like a dick on the streets. And the, Go uh, do it somewhere else. At NHS, when you come around, you exit the NASCAR straight on the back, the the rear straight. You take a hard right and you go up the hill. Into like a big left hand, like almost but like a But it's a blind. Do you remember that it's blind? Yeah, I do. So you're flying up this hill and the flag stand is at the very top of the crest. And as soon as you hit the flag stand, it just dumps down this hill. And then it's a big bowl turn. Which is really cool because if you hit the line right, you can just hold the wheel and the car will just suck around the bolt. It's like the carousel. Yep. Um, I think we talked about that in the podcast before. I've been on that track before. I've never done a track day, but no, I did. I did had, get to ride one hot lap around that track at nighttime with so, no lights. Yeah, because there used to be the uh, Rally Against Leukemia TSD. Yep. That the SCCA would the, the last leg was always because it, would, end, it would begin and end at HMS, yep. and it would be Labor Day weekend, and then. 
we didn't like the first time we did it, we didn't know it and then we got to the end we're like reading the notes we're like this seems like the track yeah and they're like yeah go out and it was like dark yeah and there were no lights anywhere because there's no lights it's not a track it, you run at night I, maybe it is even but they weren't turned on if they were and it was like oh yeah this is a tsd so you know there's a cast wink wink yeah don't go too fast don't i think the rule was basically don't crash and screw it up for next year Yeah, was basically the rule yeah i think everybody uh maxed that score yeah well you couldn't the problem with that particular night was those blind corners were extra blind because we weren't out there with lights and we weren't out there with the expectation of running something like that. So sure. We had like, I, I think was, you had some hellas on the Mirage. Uh, I didn't do it in the Mirage. I was a passenger in Joe Davis. Oh, one Subaru. year we did the Mirage. You drove though. Yeah. I don't think I ever drove. I think I always wound up, wound up being a navigator. So yeah, it was definitely a experience. Anyway, super fun. Uh, I'm going to do the one at Thompson. Uh, that's a little bit flatter of a track, I guess. I've been there once yep. to watch. but You watch drifting there, right? I haven't watched full course drifting there. Uh, I actually watched the first track night there. It was like 2015 I went. Okay. Um, yeah, super cool. Um, is a drift event this weekend actually at NHMS. Yeah, but this weekend is Climb the Clouds, and we'll get to that. Yeah. So, yeah, I did that, and then... Uh, well, I was doing all the fluids. I also did the gear oil on the G20. Okay. Same stuff. Same stuff. Yeah. Works really well. Yeah. I drove it tonight. It's just really nice. Mm-hmm. I got, uh, I got a rear sway bar coming for it. Awesome. There's like some rear sway bar. I forget the name of the company. It's like a, it's like a 716 sway bar or something that everybody raves about on the G20 group. And you can just okay. buy it through Jegs. Random. <laughs> yeah. It's the only part of the car you can buy from Jegs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, it was like... So did you buy it from Jegs? Yeah. Have you ever bought anything from Jegs before? I'll buy random, like, universal stuff. That's funny. So that worked really good. Um, I'll throw that in. Oh, I got... <laughs> I didn't know Moret. Is it Moret? Moretti? Moret. Moret? Yep. Made headlights for the car. Yep. Until, like, super cool. <laughs> two weeks ago. Yeah. And then I saw it and I was like... I need those. I need those. Because <laughs> yeah. they're dual rounds. It turns the front of the G20 from solid... Glass headlights to yep. dual rounds. Yeah, it's super cool looking. It reminds me of like uh, an Escort RS2000 rally car. Yeah. It's that same style. Super cool. I'm way into it. So. Uh, I do like how this car went from like, I'll drive for a little bit and then yeah. know, I'll probably get rid of it. And you put a little time into it and you realized how nice the car is. It's a you, really good car. You fell in love with it. Yeah. That's basically what happened. G20, the sorry, the Q45 is going to get sold, but the, the G20 is. Yeah, it's a dumb, it's a dumb fun car. Yeah, because it, it, it's quiet, it's the perfect. AC works, it gets yeah. really good mileage, it handles really well. Yeah, I wish the Eclipse drove as nice as that car does. Eclipse drives pretty well, but that car is just, it's a pleasure to drive. It's fun, it's its not fast, it's just, it's its inviting, I guess. It's, it's Yeah, it's a cool, cool car. So, yeah, anyway, all right, so, oh, and then we, what else we did... Uh, uh, donut meat. Donut meat with uh, revival motoring podcast. Yeah, which we don't like saying other people's podcasts to you know get you out of here, but we do like a couple of them, and that's one of them. Yeah, you should go check that out, especially if you're from the New England area or former yeah. New Englanders. Uh, they're pretty fun. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. They don't take life seriously at all. That's for sure. No, 
yeah, those guys are really really fun to listen to. They put on a meet at their headquarters in Rhode Island. You know, you have to know if you know, you know. You kind of have to follow their social media because they don't advertise because they don't want it to turn into a shit show. No. Um, so no. If there you, was like what twelve cars? A little more than that, but it was twenty four hours notice or forty eight hours notice. Yeah. So it's it's a good gathering of good people. So those are cool. Um, it's not too far from the Boston area. It was like what an hour and fifteen minutes probably. Mm-hmm. So it was a good it was a good drive on an early Sunday morning. We brought the good donuts, the we canes. Brought, we brought the canes donuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody else brought. What was it? Honeydew mostly? Yeah. Lame. Dunks. <laughs> Dunks. Honeydew. Yeah, we brought the Canes donuts. I brought some Canes to work today because it's on the way. And everybody's like, oh, Canes. Like, yeah, and hey, for my dumb my dumb digestive system, they even have the uh, gluten-free ones there now. So One guy was good. like, oh, if you brought Dunks, I would avoid it. But Canes are unavoidable. It's worth <laughs> it's worth the carbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was that was a neat meet. It was neat to, to meet those to Meet two of the three hosts of the podcast. Um, see their cars and see some other some other rad stuff down there, and uh, talk to our rally buddy Jesse was there. Yeah, our, so. our other one of our listeners met us there. He, Chris and Chris Dorado was there with his uh, chariot. Yeah, resort runner <laughs> GT. Yeah, Mitsubishi chariot resort runner GT. Whatever other name goes with. I it. think that's it. <laughs> I think that's the whole thing. You would know it in the United States as a Mitsubishi Expo LRV. Yeah. So. I didn't take any pictures of it, and I was mad at myself for not taking pictures you of gotta it. you got to try to get down to his place and drive it before you leave. I do. I have to drive it, and I have to get down there anyway because he has a nose for a second-gen RX-7, which is the next project on the list of projects when the Yellow Colt is done, is I have that 91 RX-7 convertible, mm-hmm. and he has all the parts I need to put that back together. Cool. Except for the front bumper cover. So, Actually, I'll, if anybody has a front bumper cover for a... Uh, series two, second gen, RX seven. Hit me up. <laughs> all right, cool. So I think it's all the car project car stuff. So uh, events coming up. You went well. Events passed. We went to New England Forest Rally. Yeah, why don't you talk about that? So you missed New England Forest Rally because of the plague, not the plague, but a plague. Um, yeah. You missed that event. Jordan and Liz who have been on the podcast many times. We talked about their car many times. They the finished. Spaghetti Golf. Uh, Iron Oxide Racing is their team name. You can follow them on the socials there, I think. Actually, have they posted there in a while? I don't yeah, think they yeah. have. No, they did all about the rally. Okay, cool. So they finished. They've run the event now three times. Uh, yeah. And they finished the event three times. Yep. The first time was a little bit, uh, you know, touch and go, but they finished. Last time they finished, and this time they finished pretty strong, actually. So the cool thing is having watched them run all three events. Yeah. And from watching them the first year to watching them this year, it's at the point where they are like an experienced rally team and they're out there getting at it like everybody else and the car is moving fast. Good. Really neat to see. Um, I think Jordan was saying that a couple of the stages, he was comparing times to the first year. They were like minutes faster. They were like 10 minutes faster now. Yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately, they had a flat at the, the second to last stage of the whole weekend, and they had to change a flat on stage, and that, unfortunately, ruined their chances of any, you know, decent finishing positions. But, again. They beat a bunch of people simply by finishing. Yeah, they beat... Attrition rate was like 50%. They beat 50% of the field because they finished the event. Even Travis Pichon and Ken Block. 
because they didn't finish. Well, they don't. Uh, Ken Block never finishes. That's not even a. That's not even an accomplishment. <laughs> um, he just goes too hard. And actually, watching the video of Travis, he also went too hard this year because it was the. It was like three miles of stage left the entire event, and he just misjudged and rolled the car. Well, it was really cool because. Uh, is it McKenna? I believe McKenna Motorsports. Okay. Larry McKenna runs a Fiesta. I don't remember if it's an R5, an S2000 car. It's, it's so one something. Of, it's one of the new Fiesta chassis. Yep. Uh, he did whatever he did. He put uh, Higgins and Drew into a Ford. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know how that happened. And, well, they super let him go or yeah. didn't renew the contract. So he literally came out and beat. He had never driven in on that car before. Right. Did some practice and then just beat the field. Yeah. By <laughs> a significant margin, if I remember correctly, too. Eventually, yeah. yeah. It, like, he he started off a little slow and then got faster. And, and, I mean, he was teammates with Travis. I'm sure he knows that if you push him a little bit, he'll make a mistake. He'll crash, yeah. Because <laughs> he tries too hard. Yeah. The cool story was the other uh, Subaru driver, uh, Smenik, I think is how you say his name. Ryan Smenik, I think his name is. Um, he's pretty young. He's only like 21, 22 yeah. maybe. He's a extreme mountain biker. Oh. But he got involved in rallying Canada with his own car, and he was doing amateur level stuff in a black like GD Subaru Impreza. Mm-hmm. And he caught the eye of Subaru, and Subaru was like, hey, you're pretty good. What can you do? Come do a test. And he came and did a test, and they were like, oh, you're really good. Here's a contract. Have a nice day. Huh. <laughs> so they have him going, and he's actually, I think he's beating, I think he's ahead of Travis in the points this year. I think so, yeah. Probably. probably. Just by finishing events. Yeah. Because he doesn't have that that all or nothing driving style Travis has. Um, and he's he's really fun to watch. He's definitely on it. And then. There was another, like, 16-year-old who was driving the Hoonigan car, too. Uh, the guy with the fake name? It sounds like a fake name. Jack's Redline. Yeah, but it's. But it actually is his name. It's yeah. I I mean yeah. It literally like I said. It sounds like, uh, like uh. It's like Homer Simpson it, when you change it into Max Power. It sounds like a Frank Grillo character in a movie about like indie cars. Sure. Would be Jack's Redline. Sure. <laughs> well, it's like the indie car driver also Will Power. Like, yeah. It, who who named these people? The kid apparently is a Baja uh, driver. Yes, he is. He's done some serious Baja stuff. So they. Block's got some Baja truck they're doing now, which yep. is cool. Yeah, but he's part of the Hoonigan team, and they brought yeah. out that es- the Escort RS Cosworth version 2. Yeah. I tell it you didn't what, burn up in the woods. If if <laughs> if nothing else, the whole Hoonigan thing is a hell of an ambassador for the sport. It's cool. It's re- they, they really bring eyes to it. There's no question. Yeah. Are they the right eyes? It remains to be seen, but they're eyes. And exposure is exposure as needed. So. He didn't wreck or break the car, so... No, he he drove the car really well. I mean, I, I can't imagine being... I was older than 16 when I crashed a car in the woods trying to pretend to be a rally driver, and this kid's 16, so I can't even imagine what it's no, like. He's probably been driving a, a Baja since he was 12 or something. Yeah, I'm not comparing myself to him. I was just making a joke. Um, Yeah, it's pretty cool. amazing. I yeah. posted a picture of that the other day, actually, because one of my favorite pictures I took the whole weekend of him driving that Escort, because it's one of my favorite cars that was there all weekend, so... I got to use the, because uh, I was home, I used the Rally Safe app to follow everyone. 
which is a new thing they required all the cars mm-hmm. to have GPS trackers, and you can as long as you have signal, you can you can track all the cars through the app, right? Which is pretty cool. And I guess they they did virtual chicanes or something. And so that was a big change this year. They went from actual chicanes to what they call virtual chicanes. Yeah. So the way the virtual chicane worked was there was a entry point and an exit point. Yeah, it was geofenced. Yep, it was geofenced. And the rally safe supposedly, according to Jordan, would like turn red. So when or you something. Got into the geofence area, you would get a red light on your little rally safe computer thing on your dashboard. Mm-hmm. And before you exited the virtual chicane, and it was signed, so we went in, there was a red circle that said VC on it. Yep. And when you exited it, it was a green circle that said VC on it. Yep. So you didn't have to slow down to 25 or 20. 25? I think it was 25. You didn't have to slow down for the entire virtual chicane. No, you just needed to hit 25. Somewhere in between those two signs. Trigger 25. You had to slow down to 25 miles an hour as if you were driving through a traditional chicane. And the reason they did that was because then they don't have to have somebody out there watching it, watching all the chicanes, and making sure the chicanes are set when a car hits them or moves them or just making sure that it's used properly. So that was that was interesting, and we were a little nervous because the spectator spot that we use every year was in the middle of a virtual chicane. So we're like, "Oh, they gotta go by us at twenty-five miles an hour because that'll be super lame. Spend all day in the woods to watch cars crawl by us at twenty-five miles an hour." Mm-hmm. But it was really neat because we watched them come in, especially the the faster cars. Because they understood it works. They understood how it works. You'd watch them come in at you know eighty-five, ninety miles an hour, and just hard on the brakes and toss the car completely sideways under braking. And then they, we could see them probably, I don't know, an eighth of a mile away do that. And then when they went by us, the car was like full throttle accelerating, banging through the gears, you know, anti-lag, popping flames. It was it was super cool. <laughs> it was definitely really neat. Yeah, to watch basically that a way. restart. Yeah, basically. It was neat to see it that way because he watched all that action the whole way. Then what did so. you say? Some people who didn't understand did 25 the whole way. There were a couple of cars that the first the first time we saw our virtual chicane, they just crawled past the entire thing at 25 miles an hour. And we were like, oh, you didn't get the memo. <laughs> yeah. You screwed that up. Yeah. You just lost your entire event. Because yeah. then we also learned, too, that's really cool. It's got a proximity alarm. The... The rally safe. Oh, yes. So if yeah. you come up to a car that's going slower, you can hit like a pass button. And it'll light up the other car to tell Let you somebody behind, behind you. Them. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times you can't see a car behind you because yeah. of the dust, especially in the New England Forest Rally. Yeah. Or, or uh, Jordan was telling us if you if you wreck, it's got uh, like a, a okay switch you need to hit. Right. So if you don't hit that switch, the next competitor will it, know you're wrecked. It's, it sends it a signal. It's help. a warning signal. Yeah. yeah, it'll tell you that there's a car that with potential injuries ahead yep. so or close to you. You might want to be on the lookout. Yeah, and so kind of neat new technology. Look. So yeah, no, I'm a big fan of that. I don't mind that. Expensive the because they made everybody buy it, but it's kind of neat. It's in the name well, of. There progress. are some things that are yeah exactly. So all right, so that event was cool, and now two weeks later. We've got Climb of the Clouds. Climb of the Clouds, yep. Postponed from last year, now they're running it this year. Yep, which is good, because I don't think I would have made it last year. No. And uh, we interviewed Alex Gerbauer before, it was like a couple weeks before the event last year was supposed to go off, and they mm-hmm. canceled it. Um, so he's going this year, so. Yeah, we should actually put a link to that on the uh, Instagram yeah. page, so people can find that, because I'm sure his prep is similar, although changed this year, because he had a hell of a year. Yeah, so. Yeah, we should probably have him on afterwards. He can talk all about it. Um, yeah, he had a uh, 
it's no, it's no secret it's all out there so we can say it but he had a bicycle accident where a deer ran out in front of him what a yeah. month and a half ago something like that he had a, he had a deer on his bicycle at 43 miles an hour he broke a bunch of bones and i i didn't i didn't assume he was going to run climb to the clouds no but he uh he's already gotten back on the bicycle and done 100 mile bike rides and he's up there practicing right now so i'm like super impressed with that yeah so yeah. good luck to them and the cool thing we talked about uh with the the I think, we, I think we called it like way back when the newest Jim Connor video, um, when they built this unlimited air slayer SDI. Yeah, that was supposedly for the Jim Connor video. It was really, for and everybody's like, everybody's like, yeah. no, that's really for climbing the clouds. Yep, because it's got whatever it is horsepower. Sure, it's probably like a thousand or something. It's eight hundred and fifty, I think. Something like that. Yep. Yeah, all the aero. Yep, because it's no, it's open class. There's no rule really. No, it's safety. just just go as fast as you can. Yeah, so. Um, I'm super excited to watch four, it go. Four, yeah. It was, no, sorry, it was five forty-five, five forty-four. The record is the record. It's it's way fast. I know when I did it, it took me uh, thirty-eight minutes. Yeah, at twenty-five <laughs> miles an hour. That's that's what the speed limit is. Yeah, no, road. it's 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 insane. That I I the forest rally is cool. Rally is cool. I can't imagine going up this road at speed at all. It's it, it's insane. Yeah. So my my guess, I've got an aggressive time. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna hit four forty five. A minute. Yeah. So his average speed last year was like seventy five miles an hour. Yeah. He's gonna average a hundred. I mean, more horsepower, more arrow. The car that was before had like. It was basically a stock-bodied STI with 600 horsepower. Sure. It, it was a. It was a. It, it was a. Because even their new rally car has more aero than the old body-style cars. Okay. Well, it, this this car is all. Did you watch the Subaru launch control season about that car? Oh yeah. Like the amount of engineering well, that went. I watched the Hoonigan build breakdown on it. Oh, there's a. The Subaru is that launch control show. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. It's free. It, um, they did a whole breakdown of the build of that car and how much aero time was spent in like designing the aero and all the work that went into it, and it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Like it has that little aileron flip in the ba- like thing in the back that you can move. And he's like, "Yeah, if the car gets air. I can adjust this to adjust the car in the air." Yeah, like if the car comes off the ground, he can move a lever and like flatten out. What? It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, at the midpoint, there is a point where you can get air. I do have a picture of him getting slightly air in the old car. So it looks like the... I was just checking to see the time just to confirm what we're saying here, but it's not super easy to find real quick. Because I'd like to have a better... A definite... No, it was 544. 544.72. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to hit 445. I think that's, that's my aggressive. That's and, very, I, and I gave myself plus or minus five seconds. I'm glad you made up the own rules to your own game. Um, I'll give everybody <laughs> plus or minus five seconds. I, I put a Facebook post on my page. I said, put, everybody put your times down. I haven't been on Facebook in a while. Sorry. So, look. well, what's your time? What uh, you well, I hadn't thought about it. But if it was 545 last time. All right. I bet it's 510. Okay. 
All right, so you're gonna go with five. I'll go with five ten, and right. I'll 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 log into my Facebook and post all your things so we have it recorded. But right. I'm gonna say five. I'm gonna say five ten. Um, or there's only two options. He's gonna five ten, or he's or gonna crash. launch it off a cliff. <laughs> the two it's, things. That it's either happen. smash the record or crash the car. Smash the record or smash the car. Yeah, that's gonna happen. No, I, I'm super excited to watch it, and uh, we don't have tickets to the top this time. I think you're better off. I think you're gonna be. I think you have more fun down down low. I'm not going to be as miserable. Yeah, it's here's the thing. You're more likely to see the car down low. He's, and was, he's more he's more likely to wreck it up top. That's what I was saying. Is <laughs> I was going to get to the point of I have, don't have tickets to the top, so I'll probably see the car. And if he wrecks it at the top, and I don't want to be there. They <laughs> stop the race for a while. Yeah, you're gonna be stuck up there. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> so 2016 was the last one, right? 2017. 17. I mean, so and I was on. I don't know the names of the turns and the straights and whatnot like you do sometimes here, but so we hiked down from you. You guys were above the cragway. We're above the cragway. You were up. You're way above the tree line. We're you're up, way you're above up the up tree the rocks. Line. There, we're it's... up on the rocks. Yeah, on the left hand side of the yeah. road, going up, and there was no kind of wind break for us. Oh, it's brutal up there. And I did that in 2011 to take pictures, and we in between runs we were, it was like a foxhole. We'd just get down and you just lay next to the rocks. And yeah. Just let the wind whip over you because that was the only way. Yeah, it was it was cold. It, it was it was like eighty five degrees at the base. Oh no, it'll be forty up top. And it was I don't think it was forty. It was cold. <laughs> it was gross. So I I'll be more comfortable at the bottom. Um, they changed it this year because it used to be kind of a first come first serve basis, yeah. where you got there in the morning, you got in line, if long as you were past the the toll booth by eight a.m. You drove to the top. So I assumed that was the case this year. And, and yeah. I apparently wasn't paying attention to the right social medias because I didn't learn that I needed to buy tickets. So, I never saw it either. Yeah, they sold out tickets to the to the, to the, to the summit because basically it's limited by parking. They know how many parking spots they have. They can right. sell enough tickets for parking. Uh, and there were even two sales because I went online to buy a ticket the other day, obviously, because I wanted to try anyway. And it said, please call some phone number. So I called that phone number, and she's like, yeah, we have 17 tickets left. I was like, okay, cool. I'll buy one. And she's like, all right. Well, hold on. Maybe not. Oh, cool. You got me all excited. Mm -hmm. And I was on the left. She goes, all right, I'll call you back. And I'm like, sure you will. (laughs) So I gave my phone number, and like 10 minutes later, they called back. And they said, sorry, we're all sold out. But keep watching the website because we might release more tickets. She said, we've already had one second release of tickets. She goes, originally when we planned it, we had COVID protocol. We could only sell so many so many parking spots for so many people on the mountain. But then New Hampshire lifted COVID protocol, so we opened up a second bank of tickets. She's like, there might be another bank opening before the end. So I've been watching and nothing came up. So here I am. You'll be all right. I know. It'll be fine. And all of our friends are watching from the bottom, so I'd be all alone up top. So Yeah, as long as you guys get there to the uh, AMC Lodge in a good amount of time in the morning on Sunday. You can hike in. Well, I'm not, I'm planning on camping the night before down the road mm-hmm. so that I don't have to worry about driving from down here in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. you know, two and a half, three hours at the middle of the night. Well, still, so, the problem is it's just the it's just the AMC Center for Hiking. So people are just there to hike, not even go to the Climb of the Clouds. So right. You gotta, so it's just a lot. Yeah, it's just a lot to park. Otherwise, you got to park on 16, which stinks. Or at Wildcat. Which they probably charge money. Uh, I think it's free in the email I got. It's just okay. They just have shuttles. So that's not too bad then. Yeah. So we'll figure it out. I'm not worried about it. 
Wildcat's not that far. I don't think the campground is either, thankfully. Cool. So, anyway, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I've been waiting for it since 2017, obviously. Yeah, and, I um, I had applied for media. It took a while. Um, a little touch and go, but... As of today. <laughs> I, I, as of today. <laughs> a, a day before the event, yeah. Everybody got media passes. <laughs> yeah, which is good because you're only two hours away. But if you were coming from, yeah. like, California or phoenix or somewhere yeah you're like well that's nice i can't even do it now because yeah I'm not gonna be there so i you know had i known ahead of time i would have planned to go up friday but um i'm just gonna go up saturday and sunday instead because it's only it's only like a practice on friday and then you, and they yeah. won't even let you on the mountain to to photograph oh really friday. yeah just Weird. the base yeah i think it's just a matter because they they drive you all up in the vans, okay, to keep track of everyone. So, I think that's why they just don't have any, maybe to drive up the vans on Fridays or something. Or it's oh, just they too complicated. Leave, they want to leave the road clear for because they do pra- they do practice in sections, right? They do they <laughs> do a whole. They're going to do run. bottom half and top half, but they don't even know which they're going to do until that day. Okay, which is also probably, it's probably exciting, weather depending right? though. Yeah, it's probably is weather dependent, but yeah. kind of nice to know because if it was like, all right, we're definitely doing bottom on Friday. You could go photograph. I could, I could go photograph like the start. Yep. Like, that'd be cool. But um, if you get there and they're doing top half, you're just gonna sit there and totally get thumbs all day. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh, also exciting news. Speaking of Jordan and Liz and the uh, Iron Oxide Racing Team, Jordan's actually co-driving this year. Yeah. So another friend of ours, Dan Fouquet, is running his slowest fast Subaru Sports. Yep. Subaru is WRX, I assume. It's it's not a WRX. Not a turbo. That's car. a non-turbo car. Okay. So he's running his Impreza. That's why it always runs. He's running his Impreza up the hill this year. So and Jordan is co-driving for him. So I'm super excited for that. So we're gonna be able to go up and watch Alex run his Evo. Jordan co-drive in the Impreza, uh, and Jesse run his Volkswagen. And who else we, do we know that's running the event this year? It's pretty good. Oh, there's, I mean, there's definitely... Jamie's running event this year. Yeah. Volkswagen. Yep, Bellevue Boys Racing. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people I'm probably forgetting. Yeah, so I'm super excited for that. Is Dan running anything? No. Dan Downey? Yeah. I don't think so. Well... Could be. I'm excited. The Dennis's are running the Duster again. Oh, Rodman Lagerman is running a car. Oh, Rodman's looking a car. Yep. That, that's off. This is going to be a killer year. I'm very excited for it. I'm glad yep. I'm here. So, if you don't have tickets already, you can still buy them for base and if you go in the base you can walk up to certain areas in the mountain and watch so you can also hike up yeah you can hike longer than i think you still need to buy tickets though nope no because you're going on the hiking trail hiking trail they don't control the hiking trails okay you can hike all the way up to the cragway but it's like i can no i I cannot you can't (laughs) i couldn't either it's it's like a just so that's a three-hour hike right just to that point because that's like five thousand feet yeah no thank you uh, or four thousand feet so that's we're we're gonna do a thirty-two minute hike. Yeah, to, to our viewing point, it's like a mile. Yeah, two miles or something. I think relatively flat. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, it's probably six hundred feet of gain. Yeah, it's like it's it's weird because uh, it's like very you're in like a valley, so it goes it's pretty gradual, and then all of a sudden it's very steep. It goes from like a walking path to a ladder real quick. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't. Even hiking down from the summit to the Cragway is like an hour hike, and it's a tough hike. 
yeah, I'm not I'm not going to say that I'm a, a hiker by any means. So I'm not going to pretend I could do any of those hikes. I know I can do the walking path to where we're going to view the event from. So mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm excited. I di- I did buy a ticket so that I can go down and walk around in the in the paddock. And oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was $20. It supports the event. Oh, yeah, it's cool. I would go down yeah. definitely um on Saturday. You're going to go up it's for Saturday? It's for Sunday. Oh. Yeah. I didn't buy the weekend pass. I could probably still buy one for Saturday. I could probably exchange it for Saturday for Sunday. You should try to do that because you're going to want to get to your spot early and just stay there. Okay. For Sunday. Because they run it twice. On Sunday? Yeah. Unlike Pikes Peak, they do two runs. Okay. I don't remember. They get two chances. Um, it was a very busy day last year when I was up there, so but, <laughs> I remember a lot of it. Uh, yeah. I would do it Saturday to at least walk around the paddock area because you look at all the cars and okay well i'm not sure what time i'm going up saturday so all right because it all depends i have a lot of stuff to do down here mm-hmm. so i'm trying to get some stuff done so i have i have tomorrow off to work on the colt and saturday to work on the car and then uh, i got some other cars i gotta move things around in my parents yard to stay on their good side all right so. cool i think that's pretty much it i think we, we covered yeah. everything um lamborghini announced to do contage did you see that yeah, I don't. I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. It's I don't. Here's my problem. Supposedly it leaked the concept. You see the the pictures. It's a render though. Yeah, it looks like an Aventador or whatever. Aventador. Whatever the new super. It looks like is. an Aventador with just Countach. It looks to me like touches. It looks to me like what would happen if you went to some like random Eastern European supercar tuner, and you were like, "Make my Lamborghini look like a Countach." Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look like a factory put together thing at all, and it's it's just it it, it doesn't have pop up headlights. <laughs> it doesn't matter because they'll print money to sell them. Oh, 100 percent, and people will buy them. It doesn't matter. I, 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 just for the clout, it doesn't. It's one of those things that's interesting because you know we grew up in the 80s as you know the Countach was the poster car, right? That's yeah. It'll show up to cars and coffees, and everybody will be all over it. All the 12 year olds with their video cameras for yes. their cars and coffee YouTube channels. It'll, I guess. Re- it'll make a bunch of revs. Yeah, and then uh, it'll crash leaving. Yep, and then everybody will be happy. Yep. So, but no, I, I it was interesting to me because you know again the Countach and the F40 were the cars growing up, obviously. Um, so I, I, I think we remiss to bring it up and not give our opinions on it. Um, obviously the opinion of somebody who will never be able to afford to buy one, but I just think it's lazy. If you're going to go through all that effort and be like the new anniversary Countach or Countach coming back out and it's just a body kit on your current car. I think that's lazy. I mean, Hey, what if the render is a hoax too? Cause who knows where the render came from? Supposedly it's the correct one, and Lam- and the nose of it matches exactly what Lamborghini teased on their website. So you could draw that. <laughs> it's true. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I-, I hate renders. I hate talking about renders, but only because it was supposedly the official car that's coming out is no reason I'm talking about hey, it. Hey, speaking of real cars, I saw a Bronco, a new Bronco, a yeah. real Bronco, not a sport, a and, real Bronco. And you took a picture of it? Yep. And you said it to me, and it already has tires to stick up past, I don't the, understand past that. the fenders? And it had a decal on the door. I'm like, what is this car? This thing, this truck's like 10 days old. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Um, yeah, it already had all of the typical Jeep mods, but which it I was, knew was going to happen with these damn things. It was like 20 cars away, and I was like, that's a weird-looking Jeep. Is that a Bronco? Yeah. 
It was. I, it was I don't. Four-door. I do not like the look of the four door. The two door is awesome. It's perfect. The four door looks weird. I don't mind it. Yeah, the two door is cool. Uh, this one would have looked a lot better with taller, narrower tires. Yes. I I just don't like super wide tires on a four by four that are twenty fours. Yep. The bulldog stance. It's really looks weird dumb. looking. And I, as as a vintage car owner, I hate it for my windshields. Yeah. Super legal and wrong. And I don't like you. You're a jerk if you had to do that. And I'm sorry if you have a car like that. I'll tell it to your face. You're a jerk. So. But there's something else new that I saw. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything. I've seen a bunch of RS6 wagons around. A couple of those. There's a purple one around around me back home, which is neat. Oh, that's that's what happened. Any for a weekend because I didn't go up. I went to the Andover Cars and Coffee. Oh, okay. That's that's a good one. I don't think I knew you went there. Yeah, I told you I that. Said, I don't remember. I don't listen to you. No. Once a week. No, you don't. Once a week I listen to you. That's it. I'm trying to think. There was something cool I saw there, but I can't remember now. You have to take a picture of it and post it and show everybody later. Or I did post a picture of it. If you didn't already. I did post a picture of some stuff. That was a good one. But I don't remember. Couldn't have been that good. No. All right. That's an episode. That's an episode. Excellent. All right. So, as always, follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. Auto Off Topic on Instagram. Uh, we've got event photos. Brad's still doing the diecast updates every day. Yes. I think something's going to change with that a little bit. I'll talk to you about after we finish recording. Okay. I have, I have an idea and a plan. Okay. Sure. Um, but they, will, they will not be going away. Put it that way. All right. Yeah, I mean, I like the stories feature because it's a good way to Bring cross post yep. somebody else's stuff that you like, yep. and it still gives them credit. Yep, I think it's a really cool feature for that, and I do it all yep. the time now. So, and I do it on my own as well. Um, so I am Race and Anger on Instagram, Race and Anger on Twitter. We have not off topic Twitter page. I don't really use it. So just follow Race and Anger instead. Yeah. Oh, you can find me on Instagram at TSISS350 and uh, still not on Twitter. All right, cool. As always, keep cars analog and aim with the roses. <laughs>